Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Hour number three to get right with Reggie KG on 105.3 The Fan. Kevin Gray, Reginald Atatula. Yo. Larry D. Flores holding it down for you here on the number one night show in DFW Sports Radio. Appreciate you joining us on Odyssey and the Odyssey app. Reg continues his Cowboys rewatch of the 2022 NFL season. We'll get into that here in just a moment on your home of the Cowboys and Texas Rangers at Kevin Gray Sports at Reg Atatula if you want to get at us on the app formerly known as Twitter. Meanwhile, in Kansas City, the Kansas City Chiefs hold a 14-7 lead in the third quarter, early on in the third quarter with about 11.50 left there. Kansas City up 14-7. In opening night of the 2023 NFL season, we'll keep you up to date on what's happening at Arrowhead as the night goes on. We're with you until 11 o'clock right here on your home of the Cowboys and Texas Rangers. We're live on Twitch at twitch.tv slash Dallas Fan Cam and on YouTube as well. Shout out to the Twellos and those hanging out with us on YouTube also tonight. Yeah, um, and pl- hop in there and say what's up. I see you low-key. I see you uh, morning woodsman. Um, I see you swaggy. I see all y'all in there. Um, Texas side rips. So yeah, man, say what's up in there. Um, been trying to get back in the flow of it. Make sure that I'm getting everybody shouting out to y'all and everybody on the text line. Keep texting. Um, it's been a week since we've been in here. So, you know, it took us a while to get our legs under us a little bit, uh, but excited to be back in the uh, DFWsecurity.com football. studios. Football. Football did change the dynamic Night in America. That's right. That's right. Just and wait till basketball season hit. Brother. Woo! Um, but it's not that time yet. It's still football season. That's right. And I have finally made it to 2023 as... You've joined the rest of us now? I have joined because I have completed my rewatch of the 2022 Cowboys season just in time. Congratulations. Just in time. Congratulations. Let's relive the high and we'll do the we'll do the low later. The other one. Yeah, okay. Um, As Wild Card Weekend, you travel to Woo! Tampa, Florida to face off against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And I would like to remind you because I had to remind myself this. Hey, man, I just read his name, 817. Live with him. Um, <laughs> I want to remind you, we came into the playoffs earlier this year understanding that Tampa Bay was actually not a good football team. It was not a particularly good football team. Nope. They weren't a great representative of the NFC South as the division winner there. No, they were not. And I, like, I, I don't remember exactly how many people acknowledged that up front, but it was inherently there. And throughout the course of this game, you saw it. Um, and particularly because the Dallas defense was cooking. The defensive line was after Tom Brady's keister. And one thing about it is we always talk about how Tom Brady gets the ball out quickly. Um, That was a little bit of a problem for them last season. But the D-line was to a point where, at at times, they were batting down stuff because you saw him pump fake and the hands flew up. 
right? These guys were so locked in the defense, the Dallas defense. They understood the scouting report so perfectly, and they knew, man, we're going to get in there. We're going to pressure him. We're going to you know, make him unsettled. And then if we can't get there, when he's throwing the football, he's not throwing it downfield. He's throwing it right behind the defensive line into those little pockets where the linebackers sit maybe five yards beyond the line of scrimmage. If you get your hands up, you can bat those down. Mm-hmm. And they did plenty of that and made this such a difficult game for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I mean, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers were not of the quality and the caliber that the Dallas Cowboys were, and that was made apparent very quickly. Oh. I was going to say, one of my lasting memories of this game, we talked about you know what the Cowboys were able to do from a defensive standpoint. It's funny, one of the memories I have from this game is someone who's not even with this team anymore. You know who was cooking that night for the Dallas Cowboys? Are you about to say Dalton Schultz? Dalton Schultz mm-hmm. put in work for the Cowboys in that wild card playoff game. And some of that was Dak Prescott was picking them apart in the middle of the Tampa Bay. Because Tampa Bay was largely playing zone. It was a lot of zone. Mm-hmm. And Dalton Schultz could just go and sit in that zone and Dak could just get him the ball. Dak was largely doing a good job. In fact, running the ball, right? Like it's one of the things that I've talked about. And maybe and as I'm going yes. through this, I'm like, he did it a decent amount. But like changing the math. Showing the defense that you're willing to go run the football, that they have to account for you, it changes this up. Um, there was a moment where Dak just threw a. Let me see. Am I am I looking at the right game? Because I'm. One thing I will say, doing two games for each of these, sometimes the games do run together in my mind. But um, I just really wanted to shout out the Dallas defense. Mukwamu looked good in coverage as well. He had mm-hmm. a lot of responsibility in this game. Um, if you'll remember, this was a game where a certain certain Brett Maher had his thing. Yeah, another memory from that game. I think the Cowboys had scored their maybe their third touchdown. And you see Dak go over the sidelines just beside himself. Upset. Like, go for effing two. It's just like, okay, all right, Dak. All right. We got it. Brett Maher struggling. We get it. Um, yeah, look, that's all I'm gonna talk about there. Like, it was pretty cut and dry. Let's talk about the game that y'all want to talk about. Y'all know we should be talking about right now. We'll get to that, KG. Mm-hmm. Um, the divisional round in Santa Clara at Levi Stadium versus the San Francisco 49ers. Yeah, man. Um, ooh, San Francisco was run blocking really well. Actually, why am I starting there? Let's start with the one that I actually really want to talk about. Fred Warner is so good at football. <laughs> He's terrific, isn't he? Great linebacker for San Francisco. Very early on, there's a play in which, you know, it's I think it might be a it might have been a delay or it might have just been like a basic run play. Fred Warner identified the run, broke on the run, and got through the gap. Like, basically, he met the running back as he was getting the football. And I was like, dog, why are you here already? (laughs) How did you know? Yes. There's other forces in the game. Like, there was a point in the time where Fred Warner, and this is late in the game, Fred Warner is running stride for stride with CeeDee Lamb up the scene and making it difficult for Dak Prescott to hit CeeDee Lamb in a space where it's like, hey, man, this is a wide receiver versus linebacker. You usually love these matchups, except... Fred Warner is not your typical linebacker. That man can cover. Okay, enough of that. That's not what we're here for. Um, oh, boy. San Francisco was run blocking really well. This is the thing about the Cowboys defense. They did a good job trying to get that run stopping together, right? They understood mm-hmm. during the course of the season that was something that they needed to get better at. They did fairly solid for a large portion of the game, stopping the run. Hankins in there, mucking it up. Obviously, they were not able to completely stonewall the Niners, but they weren't able to get a lot going on the ground until the the the, the drives started getting longer. One thing I noticed in the second half was the offense was having some three and outs. They were having short drives, and that kept the defense on the field longer mm-hmm. and longer. 
and longer, and that made it so that the defense was out there for so much, and then they were able to wear down because that's a big, strong, physical team. One of the things also that I noticed in the in the way of talking about the um, big, strong, physical team, um, there's a play where Ceedee Lamb gets out to the corner, and you know it's a jet sweep actually, and it's like Ceedee Lamb getting out to the outside. They're just basically trying to get these guys in space, have him turn the corner. Uh, Lenore, one of them cornerbacks for the Niners, he went up and tackled that man he, like he was a linebacker. Yeah. Did not let him get the line, the corner. I was like, oh, that's the physicality difference, particularly when we get on the outside. Not to say, I'm not trying to do, these dudes don't want to tackle, but even when they do tackle, it looks different. Um, that also brought me to a point where, oh boy, this there was not really much challenging this Niners defense down the field. There was not really challenging this defense intermediate, really. There was a lot of having to, Throw kind of swing swing routes, little out routes, maybe little sit routes right in front of the zone defense or right in front of the defense. They they just forced Dallas to nickel and dime consistently, and then that allowed them to drive on footballs a lot of times, which caused one of the interceptions for Dak Prescott in this game. Well, think about what was happening in that game. You know, Tony Pollard gets hurt. That takes away one of your legitimate playmakers in this game. What was the thing that we talked about all year last year for these receivers? Not, no separation. No separation. No separation. And one of the things when it came to Dak Prescott, and one of the things I noticed as we, I, I can now do a little bit more of an entire summation of the season, sometimes he trusts his wide receivers too much. Sure. There was an interception to uh, Michael Gallup on the outside on the left, and it felt like I'd seen this one before. Michael Gallup is supposed to be running kind of like a comeback route of sorts, and the cornerback is running the route for him. And Dak Prescott is like, he throws it out there. I could probably say that, look, man, Michael Gallup, you probably need to fight back to the football. But also, when the cornerback is running the route for that dude, maybe don't throw it over there. Except I look down the field and I'm like, hey, man, where is he Where is he to throw the football <laughs> at times? And so I'm not trying to absolve Dak Prescott because Dak Prescott, I started with saying, probably don't throw to the dude who's been covered and it's been made very apparent that he is covered. And yet... There was a lot of instances where I looked up and like there was coverage sacks. So there was instances where Dak Prescott had to escape. And he you could tell he was trying to escape earlier and earlier because San Francisco's getting pressure a decent amount, but then he's looking down the field and he's not seeing the separation. And that's one thing I'm looking I'm so looking forward to this season. If they mm-hmm. can create separation on you know, down the field, because that was clearly a problem in this game, was the lack of separation. And obviously in the big games for this team last year. A lack of separation was something that came up when you really examined the film. And that shouldn't be a problem with Brandon Cooks being a part of this offense now. If there's one thing that Brandon Cooks can do that is clear and be able to get himself open, CeeDee Lamb continues to progress as a route runner. Separation should not be an issue for this team this year. And you talked about you know some of the pressure that San Francisco was getting. And again, another thing that reared its ugly head in this game was communication. The interception that Dak Prescott, that Ceedee Lamb's on a choice route, decided to go one direction, ball got tipped, next thing you know. That one I placed actually squarely at the feet of Dak. The choice route is there. He's running away from Fred Warner, but he's running directly into the nickel. Um, I can't remember who the nickel was. I wrote it down, but now I'm trying to find it in all of my notes. And Jimmy Ward is the nickel. And Jimmy Ward is there. He's very, and Dak just doesn't see him. He throws it in there. Jimmy Ward tips it to Fred Warner, and it's an interception. It's like, dude, that's a dude who is entirely bracketed. But he is so intensely looking for CeeDee Lamb because the connection. CeeDee Lamb is basically the main playmaker in this game. Almost the sole playmaker in this game. Especially once you lose Tony Pollard. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm talking about there's drops in this game. Yes. From Dalton, from Zeke. I mean, there are... 
Gallup had one in there as well that I can vividly remember. He's he so I, after a certain point, he's just looking for CD Lamb. This is late in the second quarter where he throws this pick. Because, but it, look, that's still a bad throw. I don't care if it's like a hey man, it's five yards. And I'm just going to put it down. He is so bracketed up that it's a bad throw and it creates an interception. No, no abs, absolution of responsibility there for Dak. But also, there's just it's a comedy of errors in the second half mm-hmm. for this team. This is where I start looking at, and th- this is where we do the cliches when you get a whole bunch of penalties and errors. How well coached is this team? But like, when it came to pressure time, all the errors mounted up. I'm talking about Diggs dropped a couple of instances where he probably could have gotten an interception, and obviously one of those was Brock Purdy under pressure um, and just throws a ball up to George Kittle, and George Kittle tips it up in the air, and if you're looking for the ball and playing the ball like you expect from Trayvon Diggs, you can pat that down or maybe even intercept that. And then he's he's going to kind of just throw himself into the football. And <laughs> we've all we've we've litigated this time and time again, but it felt like there was just a whole bunch of instances. They got a big pressure on Brock Purdy, which by the way, it's not really pertinent because I'm not doing this to evaluate other teams. But Brock Purdy, when he was under pressure, he looked like he was boo-booing his pants. Happy feet, man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Again, that's not the point. <laughs> but in the late in the third quarter, you get big pressure on him. And then there's Donovan Wilson held downfield. And mm-hmm. it's just like at inopportune time, time and time again, and all over the second half, you have those errors. Because look, man, this was a 19 to 12 final, and you had an opportunity to do some big I mean, there was instances where you killed drives where you probably could have gone and scored a touchdown and tied games up or taken leads at points because you're dropping the football right at the sticks or doing things like that or not looking for the football or, you know, getting a hold when you have no business getting a hold. Jonathan Hankins. Yes. Right? Like, that was that was glaring to me in this game where you played. You didn't play incredible, but you played up to the standard of where the San Francisco 49ers were playing. It was a largely close game, but one of the differentiators, maybe not the entire differentiator, but one of the differentiators in a tough game is not playing clean football and when it matters. And there was a lot of lack of clean football in the second half. And that was ultimately what was frustrating as hell about that loss to San Francisco, even despite some of the mistakes that were being made mentally by the defense at times. And even with the sloppiness that we saw at offense at times in this Boy, game. You remember the last drive of this game where Dalton Schultz gets the ball on the sideline and does not work to get out of bounds so the clock runs and you run, a, you run a whole bunch of time off the – I mean, it's 45 seconds to go from the six-yard line. It's not easy, but it's been done. You run off a good 10, 15 seconds because Dalton Schultz doesn't fight to get off. You, you lose an opportunity to go for a Hail Mary because Dalton Schultz does not make sure to get two feet down before he goes out of bounds. And, like, I don't do that to harp on Dalton Schultz himself – but like the, the the entirety of the team was making mistakes when it mattered the most, and that's when you need to, as a championship team, be able to be locked in and stand up. And that's really frustrating because you could see the quality of this team. Like it's a really good San Francisco team, but they did not help themselves. They shot themselves in the foot and ultimately lost this football game. And despite all of that, they had a chance to win that football game with all the mistakes ever made on both offense and defense. That defense was still good enough that day to hold that San Francisco offense to 19 points, you could not get anything from your offense to sustain what was, in a lot of ways, a very difficult day on both sides of the ball, and you still had a chance on the road to win that game, and you were not able to do it. And that's what led to a lot of frustration for Cowboys fans, especially offensively, based off of what happened in that football game there. Uh, Maybe the last note that I'll make on this one, and I I probably should have said this earlier so it doesn't sound like I'm sliding another person who is no longer on this team 
Ezekiel Elliott having to carry the the load after a certain period, period of time, you saw the difference. There was a point in which Ezekiel Elliott had an opportunity to break for a touchdown, and he got brought down by an arm tackle, fully extended arm tackle. And I was like, Tony Pollard burst through that, right? It's one of the things that people are like, oh man, is Tony Pollard going to be able to tote the rock in, you know, between the tackles, up, you know, up the gut or whatever? Tony Pollard, we I've seen him break a lot of tackles, run hard, run aggressive. Mm-hmm. Zeke was starting to lose that in this in the second half of the season, late in the season, and you saw in this game where he was he was getting what the offensive line created for him, and not very much more than that. Tony Pollard, I fully anticipate making more of what he has given from the offensive line, and then creating a play or finding a seam and bursting through it. And so I really hope and anticipate that being good for the Cowboys this season where Tony Pollard running the rock will help make more of what is blocked up for him. Appreciate you going through that Cowboys rewatch of the 2022 NFL season. I don't know if we learned anything, but I hope it helped. Well, no, we learned a lot and a lot of enlightening things that hopefully inform us on how the team will have improved from this offseason based on their experiences last year that will hopefully lead them to seize everything this upcoming season when it comes to the Cowboys and their 2023 NFL season. It's the Get Right with Reggie KG right here on 105.3 The Fan. Coming up next, some NFL season kickoff questions, and we've got a good one in Kansas City, including a pick six by Patrick Mahomes. Next on the Get Right. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter, and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. Back here on the Get Right with Reggie KG on 105. See the fan, Kevin Gray, Reginald Attitude. Just talking U.S. Open. <laughs> That's right. Larry D. Flores holding down for you, and you turn it on, leave it on, Stacey. C- congratulations to uh, Coco Goff. Uh, she is on her way to the U.S. Open. Women's final uh, that will take place on Saturday. Can American Madison Keys join her in the U.S. Open final on yep. Saturday? The Americans are cooking, yeah, in uh, in Queens this uh, this U.S. Open because you, like you mentioned, we have an opportunity to have in an all women's 
uh, American final, and I believe uh, Ben Shelton still out here mm-hmm. handling business for the American men. If I'm not forgetting someone else, because I know Taylor Fritz got out, Tiafo got knocked out by Ben Shelton. I, yeah, mm-hmm. I think that's I think that's what we got here. Uh, so U.S. Open action continuing to take place. Of course, it is opening night of the National Football League. We'll get to some NFL season kickoff questions. I do want to update you real quick on what's happening in Kansas City. Got a good one right now between. The Kansas City Chiefs and the Detroit Lions. That's because Patrick Mahomes, who had two touchdown passes going into the second half, unfortunately uh, threw one to the other team. This is third and six. Mahomes throws the cross. It is intercepted on the deflection. Brian Branch, the rookie, ties the game with his first NFL touchdown. Uh, now, to be fair, that pass went right off Kadarius Tony's hands. Which, <laughs> remember what I was saying about like, hey man, your your targets. If you're talking about who is the who was the most notable, like highest profile target that you probably would have said that the the Kansas City Chiefs have in this game uh, coming into tonight's game, yeah, Kadarius probably Kadarius Tony. Yeah, that, yeah, you expect a little bit better from that, and mm-hmm. that was just really unnecessarily popped up. And now you're in a place where you <laughs> you're tie in a tie game when you had an opportunity to go up with two scores. Um, and you're moving. You really were just kind of nickeling, dimeling up up the field, and it goes the other way for not not a very good reason. Yeah, Brian Branch on a 50 yard uh, interception return for the touchdown ties the game at 14 with 5:25 left in the third quarter. It is tied in Kansas City on opening night of the National Football League. That gets us into this conversation here. Some NFL season kickoff questions. Going into the 2023 NFL season, a lot of changes throughout the course of this offseason. When Aaron Hodges goes from the Packers to the New York Jets, of course, we've got record deals all over the place for the quarterback position. Wait, quarterbacks getting record deals? Yeah, yeah. Joe Burrow. He didn't get the joke. It's fine. Oh, wow. Okay. All right. I, I thought it was funny. Yeah, really? You feel good about that one? Absolutely. 100%. Okay. Good job. Which, wait. It wouldn't be the get right if I didn't ask this follow-up question. Which starting quarterback would you most want to hear their record, their debut album? Say it again. Which which starting quarterback, assuming that we're actually giving out like audio record deals, yeah. Which starting quarterback would you actually want to hear their uh, their album, their music, if they were making music? Oh, that's a great question. Thank you. I thought it was pretty good myself. Um, This is gonna make Cowboys fans mad, but I figured like Jalen Hurts will put out a uh, a good a good record. Mm, interesting. Okay. Who would you go with? I hadn't really thought about it. I just wanted to hear what you said. Really? Good answer. Yeah. I'm proud of. Okay. You feel good about that? Yep. Just putting me out there like that. You know, Gino would have some bars. All right. Is that what this was the whole setup for? No, I just, just to praise Geno Smith. I who literally is the NFL's comeback player of the year. No, I literally Eugene, was just thinking, Cyril Smith, the 18th. Leading not the, the 18. You know, leading uh, the Seattle Seahawks. No, I was just I was thinking about who who might have some bars. And when Gino came with the, uh, they wrote me off, but I ain't right back. I was like, okay, I was a bar. Maybe maybe he has some. And I'm really just trying to go through in my head, go through. All right, who are all the quarterbacks? Who might have some for me? Um, I feel like Jalen Hurts would give me a nice spoken word. I feel like he got you know a lot on his heart. <laughs> don't don't he give spoken you think word he's vibe? Snapping? Yeah, yeah. I think he got spoken word vibe too. He's him. got he's got all the emphasis on the different. That's right. Words. That's right. That's all right. right. Okay. I, I feel like he gives me that vibe. All right. Let's let's not do that anymore. Did I give right. you enough time to find the list. You sure did. All right. You see how we did that. Uh, you see how we did that. That's right. Number one show. That's all right. right. Here's That's some questions. Right. Going into a season. There's there's a lot of worst to first from time to time in the NFL. Ooh, which mm-hmm. team that finished last in the division last season 
do you think has the best chance to turn things around and make the playoffs this season? Ooh, a team that could go from worst to first. Some of the ones that uh, that are typically thought of, maybe the New York Jets, the Atlanta Falcons come up, come up the uh, Chicago Bears, maybe the Browns. I'm going to go with the Jets um, in this conversation because, I mean, they did add a four-time league MVP and a Super Bowl champion in one Aaron Rodgers. Uh, they've got the reigning offensive and defensive rookie of the year in Garrett Wilson and Sauce Gardner. Um, they just added Dalvin Cook. That helps. Quentin Williams, a monster in the interior, one of the best interior linemen in the NFL. Jets got a damn good football team. Yeah. Can they put it all together under Robert Sala in a tough uh, AFC East where they realistically – I could see three teams making the playoffs out of the AFC East between the Jets, the Dolphins, and Josh Allen's Buffalo Bills. Uh, But I would say the Jets have the best chance to go from worst to first. This is why I'm zigging a little bit. There's a lot of teams that could possibly take that that opportunity. I'm going with the Falcons here. Because I think that there's fewer teams that can actually take that opportunity, and it's just the New Orleans Saints. You just really dislike the Falcons this year, don't you? I really dislike Arthur Smith. Oh, wow. Okay, I saw. I don't I don't trust him as far as I could throw him. Um the way that they handle that whole quarterback situation, I know Marcus Mariota Loki kind of quit on the team um and you know had to go had the knee surgery whatever. But I here here's why I really feel bad for. I feel bad for Bijan Robinson. I feel like he's about to waste his career in Atlanta. Cuz what is really Atlanta going to do over Make the next- him tote that rock, which any that's team would do. That's what I'm saying. And he's not going to have you- anything to show for in Atlanta. You making that sound like that's not going to happen at every team, each one of the 32 teams well, in this Well, at least NFL. he would have a better chance to win somewhere if he wasn't in Atlanta. I'm saying they're going to win the they're going to win the AFC South. What's wrong? What's wrong with that? No, or Saint- NFC South rather, the Sa- sorry. The Saints are winning that division this year. Okay. Saints are the most talented team in that division. They Kevin sh- Gray. Yeah. Which head coach has the most to prove this season? Uh, I'm going to do the thing where people are like, oh, Kev, that's an easy answer. That's a real cop-out answer. Um, in this case, the most to prove, Mike McCarthy. I mean, I did find it interesting that they're basically out here saying Super Bowl or bust. Yeah. <laughs> like, what was Mike McCarthy brought here to do? Mike McCarthy was brought here because he wins games in January. and knows how to get a team to win a Super Bowl. You're in year four of a five-year contract. Seize everything. What does that sound like to you when it comes to seizing everything? Yeah, winning the Super Bowl. I think Mike McCarthy got the most to prove this year because he might be coaching for his job at this point, fairly or unfairly. I'm going to go with Mike McCarthy in this particular case. There are a lot of names I could have chosen, but I'm going to There's go. so many names yeah. in this one. Robert Sala is another one. Robert Sala uh, is one of those, but I mean... Yeah, I mean, it's just like we've given you everything you possibly could want. Um, I like the idea of going with Brandon Staley here because it seems like Woo! it felt like he was on a hot seat last year. How did he keep that job? How did he keep that job after what happened to them in the playoffs? Yeah, it was really bad. I thought I thought that the the conversation around him was a little too large, and maybe the reason he kept that job is because he got Joe Lombardi out of there. Because Joe Lombardi, I didn't think, was all that great as an yeah. offensive coordinator. They bring in Kellen Moore, who, look, say what you want about him locally – the the metrics look good for him. So like yeah. when you talk about Brandon Staley, you look up and you go, "Hey man, we got you the thing to do the offense." Assuming health is a little better, now we are going to probably be able to judge you a little bit on your individual merits. And it seems like people just don't like him. I don't understand. You know how sometimes some mm-hmm. people are just like, "Look man, I it might not be your fault, but people just don't like you." 
Brandon Staley feels like he is in that place. So, hey, man, you better show up and give them a reason to like you because I hate to say it, but a lot of hiring and firing in the NFL is based on if people like you. And it's one of the things that we've had long conversations about in various different mediums. And this could work in a different way, in a negative way for Brandon Staley. Hey, man, get your, get your, get your bread up because it could be really bad. The Chargers are a team I could see going 12-5 and five, and also a team I could go and see them going 8-9 and nine because they're just the Chargers. Um, but Kellen Moore, if nothing else, Kellen Moore in that offense is going to cook with Justin Herbert, Austin Eckler, and a ton of playmakers uh, on that football team. But, yeah, I would, that's a great answer with Brandon Staley and having a lot to prove this upcoming season. All right, so this one is kind of interesting, and I borrowed this one from The Athletic. They did a their NFL staff. They kind of mm-hmm. had a survey. And the question asked here is, the AFC is loaded with Pro Bowl caliber quarterbacks, but not so much in the NFC. And that's something that we talked about sure. a lot. It's like, hey, man, the path. Which NFC quarterback do you trust the most heading into this season? Y'all going to make me do the thing again, aren't you? I'm not making you do anything. I'm going to trust one Rain Dakota Prescott. Okay. Um, yes, I know. Only a couple of playoff wins. I know Jalen Hurts took his team to the Super Bowl last year. Can Jalen Hurts back it up in, in another year based on the career year that he had last year? With Brandon Cook's... CeeDee Lamb, Michael Gallup, a healthy Tony Pollard, a hopefully healthy offensive line all season. Dak Prescott should be able to play at a top seven quarterback level this year. He should be one of the seven best quarterbacks in the league, given how talented this offense is this year. In the NFC, I trust him the most because I've seen it for the last several years, despite how people may feel or how others may feel about his interception number. I thought last year was an anomaly. An anomaly, I trust Dak Prescott the most in the NFC because I don't trust Brock Purdy. I for damn sure don't trust Kirk Cousins. And it's close between Dak and Hurts. I'll go with Dak in this case. I feel similarly to you, and I really want to say Dak Prescott because I do I, I feel largely the same as you. Like the idea of the interceptions. I just watched all these games and I saw how many times there were situations that were like just poorly situated for him. Um I'm having to consider circumstance, and that eagle circumstance is very well situated. It's very good for Jalen Hurts. Now, maybe you point to the idea that, hey, man, his coordinator left, and maybe is this going to snap back into the exact same place? But I look at the the tools that he has, the offensive line that he has, all those things. I'm like, they've made it pretty easy for him, and he delivered. I'm not trying to be the person that's like, I don't think he can do it. He delivered. And so I think that when it comes down to it. And they got a terrific offensive line there. Yeah, I I think that they're both going to give you good seasons. I just understand why someone would say Jalen Hurts, trust him more in part because of everything around him. What I found interesting was the NFL staff at The Athletic, there were 34 votes for Jalen Hurts here. There was one vote for Jack, Dak Prescott. There were three votes for Kirk Cousins. And look, I'm not trying to do the thing like Kirk Cousins is awful, but when we come down to like, Big-time situations, it does seem to fall apart for that man, even more than I think what people would talk about with Dak Prescott. Kirk Cousins is just so bad off schedule. Like, when things are really on time and on schedule for Kirk Cousins, he can pick you apart. Oh, boy, does he seem to, like, lose it when it's, like, big pressure or... When stuff starts to break down around Kirk Cousins... And when I say big pressure, I don't mean, like, high leverage. I mean, like, big pressure in his in yeah, his kitchen. It, it falls apart for him. Um, so, yeah, I don't, I don't get the whole... I would trust... You know, this is probably Mickey Man. Uh, I would trust Jared Goff more than I trust Kirk Cousins at this point. Because at least I've seen Jared Goff get there and play in a situation 
where he's been in the Super Bowl. And I see the two on four. So you trust Dak more than Hurts, who's gone further. And the reason you don't trust Hurts is that he can go far. You're missing the point. I think what Dak Prescott has him, and based on what you were talking about in terms of the interceptions, half of those interceptions were not his fault last year. And I think that gets cut down. And I think based on what he has on his skill position players and the capability of Dak Prescott, I think he's a better overall quarterback than Jalen Hurts. I would take Dak, then Hurts, then the field after that. All right, real quick before we go, which player do you think will best bounce back from a major injury last year? Wow, that's a quarterback driven theme. Um, there's, I mean, there's a lot of people. You can, I mean, if you want to talk about quarterbacks, Max Stafford's there. Cooper that's the Cup's name there. That immediately came Odell up. Odell Beckham yeah. is there. Mm-hmm. Um, Tua Tungabailoa is there. By the way, Odell Beckham dealing with an ankle problem going into Week One. Look, man. Uh, already. Look, it's football. These things happen. However. You realize we we really are going to talk bad about you, Odell. If, if you just <laughs> if, if you, you end up on the injury report like this, woo! buddy. Uh, Brees Hall is obviously here. Mm-hmm. Lamar Jackson is here as well. Oh man, I was gonna go with two until you said Lamar Jackson. Yep, I'm gonna go with Lamar. Yeah, I'm gonna go with Lamar. I think that thing might be zooming. I think J.K. Dobbins is gonna be really good for them this year too. Dark horse for a guy who could lead the. NFL in, uh, in rushing this year. Oh. Yeah, J.K. That, you feel that strongly about him. That rushing attack's going to be good. Okay. Now that Lamar's back. <laughs> but that he's going to get that heavy share of a load to be able to lead this year. Because, I mean, look, the thing about it is that they have they typically have a lot of running backs, and then Lamar Jackson gets a lot of yards in and of himself because mm-hmm. of what he's capable of. You think J.K. Dobbins himself will still have a capability? I of, think so. Oh, boy, that's yeah. that's high. Yeah. That's um, high. But, yeah, Lamar Jackson would be my, my candidate for that one. Then Tua. Is there is there is there is there a first round rookie that you feel strong about that you feel like maybe is best set up for success? Um, first, Will Anderson is going to be a monster this year. Okay, in Houston. All right, their, their record's not going to be very good, but we'll be talking about Will Anderson's possible defensive rookie of the year this year. Uh, he he is that he is that good for for Houston. I like what they got going on there. Bijan is obviously there. Um, Jordan Addison, Jackson Smith, and Jibba. Both those wide receivers, Vikings and Seahawks, respectively. You know, Seattle is such an interesting team. Um, they, they have a lot. Yeah. Um, and I think Jackson Smith and Jig was a perfect complement to Jameer what, Gibbs for Detroit. Yeah, I'm running back there. But I think, man, Gino, I think he might got something out there. With Jackson Smith and Jigba. And all between Lockett, Metcalf, and now and Jigba being added to that. We'll see if Gino could cook some more. Uh, for the uh, Seattle Seahawks this year. Watch Bijan go crazy, buddy. He is. He got no choice. What else are they going to do? What else are they going to do in Atlanta? Try and chuck it up to uh, Drake London and or uh, I almost said Joel Clyde, and that's not the person. Um, wow. wow. Why did that happen? I don't know. Why did that why happen? Why were you thinking about Joel Clyde just now? Because I was trying to say Kyle Pitts. <laughs> I don't look. I and don't, you got to Joel Clyde brother. Kyle Pitts? It's bad. Again, what else are they going to do? Hey, Bijan. Hey, Bijan, 30 touches a game. He, he, yeah, they're going to run him to the ground. Yeah, you're young and spry, right? <laughs> he, he won't be after this. They're going to have him doing this. You know the stuff that you Woo! make your kid do at the house? Like, go give me the remote. They're going to have, hey, Bijan, hey, run over there and give me, the, give me the playbook right quick. Can you just bring that over here? Thank you. They're going to have him working. <laughs> Anyways, um, those are some questions to get us ready for the season as it's kickoff uh, week or kickoff Thursday in the NFL. Chiefs up 17-14 as we are about to enter the fourth quarter 
uh, between the Lions and the Chiefs on Sunday or Thursday night football. Not Sunday night. I'm thinking about Sunday night already. I mean, the problem is they when they do the broadcast. Because that is the you know that yep that is the uh, that is the brand that they have for N- right. NBC football for NFL football so it's Sunday night football except on Thursday. Uh, coming up next, Ringo inside the gray area where this bombshell report suggests Hollywood has a PR firm that's been buying out this. Next on the gate right. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular-season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. About to go inside the gray area oh, yeah, here. Find new roads. Find new roads. On the get right. Uh, about to go inside the gray area. How you just gonna step on his read like that? He was done. He threw that back in at the end. Did he? Yes, he did. I'm messing with you, dog. Appreciate my man Larry Flores holding it down for us here. I was, just, you know, I gotta, yeah, I had to protect my guy over there. You know what I mean? It, the, the irony of Larry doing this show tonight. Of course, Larry was our inaugural producer of the get right is that he would be our producer tonight uh, when we found out that we are the number one night show. Oh, you got to do it again, don't you? In DFW Sports. Hey, Larry. If you just embrace it at this point. Like- uh, Larry, I, I, need you to, I need you to help me out with something here. Um, we're about to go inside the gray area. Mm-hmm. And because I was I had your back, can you have my back and give me something a little bit more upbeat, upbeat than what you typically end up putting? It? Thank you. I appreciate that. Oh wow! You go. You just, see me fumbling tonight. You, you just re- usurped the whole. That's right. Okay. Look, man, I'm. I'm I, glad. See, I need the assistance. I forgot my water bottle today. Oh, oh, so uh, I didn't so bring enough that office water. I didn't bring enough snacks. I'm not. Woo. Wow, how you gonna make me sound elitist? Just, <laughs> I was just point, trying to point out <laughs> that I've been. You gotta drink the office water wow. tonight, Larry. My point was, hey, I. Oh, right. He didn't bring his Voss in here tonight. He didn't bring. You the, know damn well that ain't Voss. That's just <laughs> uh, that's just tap water from my house. Uh, no, but uh, the fact of matters i was just trying to point out i've been a little off my game today uh-huh. and so just you know a little bit of something to pick me up exactly that's all i was asking for that's fair that's fair uh i mean you are part of not one but two number one okay. shows all here right. at the stage that's the least i could do hey, for you the midday midday boys is cooking Woo! let me tell you hey make sure you listen tend i mean really turn it on leave it on 5 30 all the way through to 11 on the get right or mm-hmm. rangers baseball that's right um but Good listening on that midday show when it comes to KNC Masterpiece. And you can catch them out um, in Dallas, Lemon Ave, at the Buffalo Wild Wings tomorrow, man. Go have have some good lunch, have an opportunity to maybe win some Cowboys tickets, and hang out with the best midday radio show in Dallas-Fort Worth when it comes to sports talk. That's right. The number one midday show in DFW Sports Radio. Football Friday Feast weekly at Buffalo Wild Wings tomorrow, 4140 Lemon Avenue. Uh, thanks for being allowed your chance to win a pair of Cowboys tickets with a parking pass as well as Cowboys merch throughout the broadcast. We'll see you at Buffalo Wild Wings tomorrow with the K and C Masters. Larry, you be playing this for Kim on Sundays? <laughs> I knew exactly where this came from. I was like, ooh. Uh, shout out to our good friend. 
Kim Alexander, we, we miss her. And, of course, she does a great job on Sunday she's, morning. She's, she's still with us. She just, I know. We I'm just, just saying, don't see her We don't get a weekend. chance to see you her. You said that like she was out of here, man. Yeah, I'm going to send this to her now. <laughs> don't, do, no, don't do that. Don't, don't do that. <laughs> anyway, sorry. We're supposed to be inside the gray area? We are. Um, by the way, from the 214, Reg, you got to go get that spring water. By the way, subplot to the gray area. You got spring water money? Your, your choice of water. Are you a, a Ozarka? Are you a Aquafina? Are you a Dasani person? Um, Fiji I'm, water? You know. I, I don't frequently do too much like uh, bottle water. Bottle water, especially ones that I have to pay high prices for. But uh-huh. I usually would just like lean towards Chris grabbing some smart water. Smart water's a good I, one. Yeah. Um, they got the one that's like the alkaline infused one now. I kind of yeah. like. Usually just like a pretty good clean taste. Probably not too hefty on the price and i can't i'm if i remember correctly i believe it's not one of those ones that they're basically just bottling uh you know municipal water yeah because some of these men they got the nice bottle and they're bottling municipal water as opposed to some mm. of these that are like yeah absolutely spring water from an actual spring yeah so yeah larry you got a choice of uh, a bottle of water that you go to you got you, you, you a Voss as, guy as long as it's cold i mean i, re- I really don't care <laughs> my man and it's iced oh, That's i prefer right. iced over bottled water and so, uh-huh. as long as it's ice water, I mean, but if it has to be bottled, it, it has to be cold. Okay. Nothing like a good, cold glass of water. Somebody said they don't trust tap water. You know what? Fair enough. <laughs> Fair enough. Man, it was 105 degrees today. Shout Buddy. out to y'all uh, for surviving this heat. My phone sent me alert like, hey, man, you know it's going to be hot today. And I was like, hey, what? <laughs> Thanks. Like, I ain't been living Thanks, in this. Although we, we did get a nice look. It's crazy that we look outside and it's like, oh, it's not triple digits? That's nice out. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But Every- tomorrow's supposed to be the last hot day for for a little bit. Okay. What, 110 tomorrow or something? 106. <laughs> That comes from the Larry Weather Desk. Yeah. But Pretty. the next, like, Tuesday through Thursday, it's highs of, like, 78, 82, 85. So. Brought to you by wow. Ice Water. Cold front <laughs> coming through. Get you some ice water. Uh, here on the Get Right. But, yeah, the irony is Larry producing our show, of course. We were named, uh, uh, we earned number one night show here. So, really appreciate, really appreciate y'all for listening. We really do. Um, the headline goes like this, gentlemen. A bombshell report suggests this Hollywood PR firm... Bought Rotten Tomatoes scores is indicative indicative of a industry-wide problem, apparently. Yeah, man, they've been gaming the Rotten Tomatoes system. I did not know this until yeah. I saw this the other day. Mm-hmm. But yeah, a new bombshell report has revealed that a Hollywood movie PR firm has been essentially buying positive res- uh, scores on the review aggregation website Rotten Tomatoes. So according to the report for Vulture... In an effort to juice up the reviews of the 2018 uh, Daisy Ridley starring Shakespeare adaptation uh, titled Ophelia, uh, the PR firm Bunker, uh, Bunker 15, 15, uh, recruited, quote, obscure and often self-published critics who are nevertheless part of the pool tracked by Rotten Tomatoes and paid them, check this out, 50 bucks or more. For each for a review of the film. Yeah, so basically the game is they be out there like, hey, man, you don't have to give a positive review. But if you don't feel like giving a positive review, put it on like maybe like your own personal, (laughs) you know. But if you want to do like a positive review and it doesn't have to be like greatly positive, just the bare bones positive to get the fresh tomato as opposed to the splat tomato. And, you know, 
help us out, right? Like it was ba- it was kind of quid pro quo, but they tried to do one on the sly, and basically, well, that's what they were doing is that they were trying to get these maybe I don't want to say lower level, but it's the word that word that comes to mind here. So please understand, I'm not saying that with any disrespect. But any like maybe kind of the lesser, you know, I guess esteemed, so to say, mm-hmm. um, you know, reviewers and just trying to like up the score that way by kind of just throwing throwing reviews at it, uh, which is why for me personally, I use Rotten Tomatoes, but I don't just go here's the score. And that means that this is how good this movie is. Just like, all right, this means that there's a large amount of the reviews that are good. And then I'll go and actually try and use that as an aggregator. Just look at a few reviews and see the kind of responses that are coming in. Now, is that more work? Absolutely. But for me, I end up getting better results than just going, that number says 87. I, it means it's good. Because that apparently <laughs> does not mean that. Well, for some people, they depend on Rotten Tomato scores to kind of give them an idea, an indication of how good a movie is based on, you know, other reviews that are being done on a movie they may be on the fence about potentially seeing and to know that uh, sc- scores are being, you know, bought. is kind of kind of wild. The film, uh, of course, which was a, uh, a feminist retelling of Hamlet, opened to a 46% critic score after 13 reviews, uh, with six of them being, quote, quote-unquote, positive. Now, while Bunker 15 didn't outright ask the critics to write positive reviews, they did suggest a method, as you were describing, if executed effectively, would result in Rotten Tomatoes, quote, logging positive reviews, but not negative ones, end quote. Um, so that's um, kind of misleading there. It's just like, wow. Yeah. But I think one thing that this speaks to, and sorry, I'm going to think pieces, I apologize in advance, but like, man, this kind of speaks to the media, media literacy issues that we have. Because it's very easy for folks to just go, all right, let's look at this number and that's it. And I understand, like, it's built to kind of do that. So I understand why people do that. However, especially in the current media landscape and the ways in which people are incentivized to kind of pull you one way or another and maybe mislead you, it requires a higher level of literacy and trying to be able to, like, you know, sort through the information and filter the wheat from the chaff and find the stuff that's actually important and the stuff that you can actually... um, that you you can actually value and utilize in the stuff that is probably noise in the system. And again, it requires more work on the individual, which is unfair. The system should work in such a way where where the individual can trust the system. But unfortunately, that's not what we have. And so it requires in many different areas, like how many times do we see these aggregators on Twitter or X or whatever that are aggregating sports news? And I'm like, now you have to be really deliberate about who did this come from? Who, you know, is that person um, credible? Is that somebody that I can believe? And we're seeing that apparently in the movie world as well with this. As we are inside the gray area here on the get right, uh, we stand Mina Kimes in Cowboys Nation. And we congratulate Mina Kimes because she signed a new contract extension with ESPN that will pay her $1.7 million per year for the next several years on the worldwide leader. She also signed a new, uh, she signed a deal with uh, Metal Art Media, which we will have a little conversation about a little bit later on in the show when it comes to Stephen A. Smith and Dan Lebertard uh, and the conversation they had last night on the Stephen A. Smith show. Uh, shout out to our teammate at Odyssey, uh, Stephen A. Smith. Um, but yes, wanted to definitely give the flowers to Mina Kimes, uh, who is a terrific analyst and someone whom ESPN has seen become uh, really a, a star yeah. uh, for them and their network. She does a pretty good job of taking like the nerd portion of football and making it fairly accessible. And that's not an easy thing to do. 
So big shouts out to her on that realm. And like she's found a way to kind of exist in this debate TV landscape and still kind of largely be, you know, uh, uh, I don't want to say like positive because it's not like she's trying to just be positive, Mm -hmm. but, you know, be viewed in a way that's respected. And so big shouts out to her. It's not an easy thing to do, particularly uh, with all of the negative things that are going to be thrown at her for various different reasons. You didn't play football. You're a woman. All those things. She, she, you know, rises above that. Almost more uh, odd to me in a way. And it shouldn't be because, look, she's talented. ESPN actually paying money for people. Like, it seems like more and more likely that they're like, there are certain, there are a few folks that can do things that we are paying, and we're paying for sports rights and everything else be damned. Well, that just shows you what kind of uh, mark that she made with this network because she was a free agent and she was able to get a new deal with ESPN, but she was going to be in very, very high demand. But you're right, the timing of the deal, a little odd given what ESPN did earlier this summer in releasing some of its biggest names at the network across various sports and platforms. And then, of course, bringing in Pat McAfee on an $85 million deal, by the way, the debut of his show today on ESPN uh, as well. And he, as we end the gray area here, will be the newest member of the rotating debaters with Stephen A. Smith on first take. More power to him. Pat McAfee will join Stephen A. Smith every Tuesday, along with Shannon Sharp uh, on the Worldwide Leader in terms of first take. So You didn't feel the vibe change? I, I felt, did. I felt the vibe change. I like it. I'll allow it. I'll allow it. Rez needed to pick me up, and I'm here to support my teammate. So there you go. That's inside the group. I just want to say the words to this song, and you just probably shouldn't. You just nope, probably shouldn't. Nope, nope, nope. We're good. We're good here. Uh, it's the Get Right with Reggie KG here on 105 through the fan. Appreciate you hopping inside the gray area. Shout out to John Machado, who recognized that earlier. Didn't even realize he said it. Good for him. Uh, coming up next, though, we got your headlines on this Thursday night and get you caught up on what's happening on Thursday Night Football in Kansas City, Missouri. We do that next on the Get Right. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Baseball is back. And so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.